Salutations, dear listeners. It's me, Alex. That's not the way I start the show. I don't know what I'm doing. Hi, my name's Alex. Oh, I sound weird right now. I kind of sound sultry. Why, why does my voice sound weird? What's going on? Um, well, whatever. That's how the recording's going to sound. Sultry. <laughs> Maybe it's just the headphones. Okay, so I'm doing a solo show. Uh, that's what happens on the show a lot. Or not a lot. I don't know. I don't even know what the show is anymore. Listen to John and Alex Hate Stuff, available on all your podcatchers. We review movies. It comes out every other week, like clockwork, except for last time, because John was sick. But, but I still put out an episode. Oh, happy Feast of the Ass, everybody. What's the Feast of the Ass, you ask? Ooh, that's a tongue twister. What's the Feast of the Ass, you ask? What's the Feast of the Ass? What's the Feast of the Ass, you ask? She asked, she asked, she asked. Um, the Feast of the Ass, in Latin, Festum Anasorum, or Asinaria Festa, was a medieval Christian feast of observed, uh, on 14 January, celebrating the flight into Egypt. It was celebrated primarily in France as a byproduct of the Feast of Fools, celebrating all the donkey stories in the Bible. In particular, the donkey bearing the Holy Family into Egypt after Jesus' birth. Um, fun. Um... In practices, it's a girl and a child on a donkey uh, would be led through town to the church where the donkey would stand beside the altar during the sermon. Hmm. Well, yeah, there's a lot more about this. I should have done a little research. I didn't. Uh, but, you know, it's... Oh, ooh! I don't know, damn it. The first stanza... Some weird way. Uh, at Beauvoir, uh, the ass may have continued his minor role of enlivening the long procession of prophets. January 14, he discharged an important function in that city's festivities. Uh, the feast of the flight into Egypt, the most beautiful girl in town with a pretty child in her arms, was placed in a richly draped ass and conducted with religious gravity to St. Stephen's Church. The ass, possibly a wooden figure, was stationed at the right of the altar and the mass begun. After the in after the I-N-T-R-O-I-T, in trois, a Latin prose was sung. The first stanza in its French refrain may serve as a specimen of the nine that follow. Orientis partibus, adventaviet asinus, pulcar et fortissimus, sarcinus sarcinius aptissimus. Um, this is hard. Oh, and then it speaks, then it switches into French, which I can pronounce even worse. Um, which I'm not going to do. This is stupid and boring. Uh, read, read about the, the feast of the ass. That's, that's your thing. Uh, I asked the audience, Hey, what should I talk about? Give me some questions. Give me some things to talk about. Cause, um, I don't have any. 
I've been doing this show for over nine years now. Nine fucking years. And I got to tell you, I don't live that exciting of a life <laughs> to, 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 to have shit to talk about every week. It's a lot. Uh, so I ask you guys. You all, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not use gendered, uh, terms. So like you guys, y'all, I don't want to say y'all though. And I, I'm not going to talk about gender all that much, but, uh, my, my aunt was confused about it when I asked about, uh, uh, so when I go to stores, I like saying, thank you, sir. Uh, no, I don't say it like that. Or like, all right, here's your change. Well, thank you, sir. Like I like saying sir at the end. Or ma'am. I, I try not to say ma'am, but like mostly sir. But uh, the kind of the, the push in the world right now is to is to not assume other people's gender, which I, which I agree with. I think this is a fair thing. But um, the world needs like a, a gender, neutral, gender neutral form of that. Like, uh, thank you. Not poop. No, that's narved. Narved. Thank you, narved. Um... So I was positing this on Facebook and my aunt said, how many times do you run into these non-gender uh, people that you have to worry about it? And that's not, that's not the worry. The, the idea is we're changing language for all of us. It's not, it's not, you're not bending over for some begrieved group uh, where we as a people are moving forward. So just keep that in mind. Like this isn't, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not catering to the, uh, uh, in quotes, libtards. Like this is, this is progress. Uh, Toward, towards betterment of all of us. So just, you know, shut up and think about your language a little bit. It's not all that hard. I mean, it is. Most of you people don't even know the difference between your, your, and your, or two, two. So, you know, maybe learn that first. Anyway. Hi, y'all. I <laughs> see, I don't want y'all. I need a, uh, ah, smurved, smurved. I don't know why smurved popped in my head. Um, yeah, so... If anybody has any good options, let's do that. Here's some questions from the audience. Um, Steph Quicks asked, uh, how you be um, uh, embarrassed of your grammar? And I will not answer that question. Number two, have you read any John Keel or seen that Mothman prophecy movie? Uh, and then she goes on to say uh, what she and her husband think of it. Um, I've read about John Keel. Uh, less than his direct work. Mysterious Universe talks about them a lot and uh, various websites I read have discussed his stuff. I like his... Um, oh wait, let me take a step back. John Keel was the uh, uh, guy that researched paranormal stuff back in the day. He was. Uh, they made a movie in the late 80s, early 90s maybe uh, called The Mothman Prophecies starring Richard Gere. And uh, I saw the movie when I was young. I don't remember liking it too much. But uh, Keel ended up researching all sorts of Fortean, anomalous, strange things in his life. And he's kind of the first one that I was aware of that had the kind of realization that, like, the, the longer you look into this stuff, the more the stuff starts looking at you. And he started having weird things appear to him. I think he had, like, men in black encounters, like, all this weird shit. Uh, I, I don't, obviously, I don't know this well enough to be pontificating on it but i mean that's the in broad strokes what happened to him and i found that interesting i always found it interesting when um anomalous things get paired with other anomalous things 
much like, you know, Mothman with weird, there's uh, weird like number synchronicities that go along with him. And there's just odd things. You should do the research because I don't remember it very well. And I'm not going to do it for you because, as I said, I've been doing this show for over nine years and I'm not going to do research. That's not true. If I have somebody on the show, I do research. I'll read their book and whatever. So if you have a book, you know, come on the show. I'll read it. Um, what do you think of Kiel's theories of ultra terrestrials and window areas? Oh, window areas. That's the other thing I like about him. It's like that there are certain areas of the world that uh, attract high strangeness. Um, we had um, we had uh, Wham on the show, uh, uh, Doctor Lady from New York, and she was talking about how the um, area in New York is like you know attracts this strange thing, and that's kind of like a window area in the Kielian sense. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I've talked about it a bunch in the past, so that I, I lean towards there being like this kind of multiple universe overlapping on top of each other view of how the universe, the world works. Um, I write about it a lot as well. And I think window areas are where it's thinnest the kind of the where it's gossamer where you can almost see to the next the universe next door um i think it's an interesting idea though when we talk about this stuff i think there's a there's a point of diminishing returns wherein in order to believe in something not believe in order to think something true which i think is different than belief we're now entering into the world of, like, science. And science, unfortunately, has rules. And also science has, very fortunately, rules. And, you know, and science has to be falsifiable. You have to be able to prove it wrong. You have to... I'm not going to pontificate on science. But science is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a beautiful thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an action. It's a, it's a way to study. And if we're going to get into the paranormal and the weird shit, and if we want to believe in it or find truth in it, is a better way to put it, not believe, we're going to have to have it be susceptible to the rigors of science. And I have not seen anything as far as evidence towards any of this weird shit that would hold up to any kind of scientific scrutiny. Now that doesn't not no, no no I shouldn't say there's no evidence but it's it's few and far between. Now also there's no money going towards studying this shit so that's another big thing that you know there could easily be scientific evidence. But I think there's a certain point where for me it's reading about stuff I just have to go to the point of well that's interesting and kind of leave it there because I think further investigation into it is just kind of uh, navel gazing. You know uh, it it can't be proven. All you can do is gather stories and the stories are interesting and that's cool but like that doesn't you know a thousand anecdotes that's just a thousand anecdotes you know that's uh, that's you know that'd be like saying that mermaids exist you know just because old sailors got you know thought they existed you know a bunch of a bunch of stories doesn't equal you know truth um Question three from Steph. Uh, how can I be a better, more efficient, effective, and platonically loving stalker? Um, well, um, I've, I've talked before, Steph, that uh, you can start attracting um, the cult to me um, for the time of my prophecy has, uh, is nigh. Um, 
the pestilence will shall come on the land. That is the apocalypse. Um, so bring forth the like-minded people and, and, and render them onto me into Portland. Um, now is the time for the Alex cast call to finally start in full. Um, you know, or, or just, you know, talk people into signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash Alex Bowen, Alex with two X's links on the website. One of the two, that's, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, that's all Steph had to say. Oh, she also uh, gave me this link to this weird ass, um, local access show best of thing, uh, which I didn't get a chance to watch, but it looks rad. Um, ask Steph about it. Um, Steph quick, go to anything of mine and then find her commenting on it that <laughs> you can ask her uh yes so that is, thank you staff for for questions uh martin adel smith asked me um words that i'm going to read once the facebook page loads there we are why was the joker so mediocre well i would go so far as to say um because he's a toker he's a midnight toker he gets his loving on the run because he's a winner, he's a sinner. Because um, he speaks of the pompadus of love. Oh wait, no, that's a song. Uh, I didn't think the Joker was mediocre. I enjoyed it uh, overall. I think it's way, way overhyped. It is not anywhere near as good as people say it is. Um, I think the superhero genre is treated with such kind of disgust by even the people that make it that anybody making a superhero movie with even, like, the hint of actual, like, cinematic quality, people go fucking nuts for. That's why people fell for the Christopher Nolan Batman, where it's like, hey, this is, like, almost a real movie. Like, this is shot really beautifully, so people get tricked into thinking it's a better movie than it is. Um, I think the Joker is the same way. But I think, standing its own, like, taking the hype away from it, um, I think Joaquin Phoenix is a tremendous actor, and it's a, it's a decent enough story. Um, Zazie Beats is great. I, I think she needed to be in it more. Uh, the, the lady that plays his mother was great. Like, I, I enjoyed that movie, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, it's better than mediocre. I'm not I'm not so strident in that. Like, it's... Yeah, I feel like we're we're one step above mediocre. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I want to watch it again. I'm no interest in a sequel. I don't want there to be a Joaquin Joker universe. Uh, I don't need him to be in the next Batman film. It was a good standalone story. Um, yeah, so there's your answer. I don't think it's mediocre, but I also don't not think it's mediocre because grammar, my friend, is not my friend. Snarf. Whatever I said before. Um, oh boy. I don't have enough questions to make this whole episode. What else can I talk about? Um, oh wait, no, I have more questions. Okay. Um... The Reverend Eric at Arnamancy. I've never heard of him. He asks, Hey, Alex, what are your thoughts on Sasquatch? Is it real? Is it a ghost? Is it a UFO? A psychic phenomenon? You've been in the Pacific Northwest for a while now. I assume you've had a Bigfoot experience. Thank you, Reverend Eric. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Um... This is a beautiful question. I have a lot of thoughts on Bigfoot. I know I, I've at one point while drunk with uh, some guy called Eric um, from Arnamancy. Oh, I just figured that out. Uh, I was talking about how uh, Bigfoot are, some people think they're trans-dimensional beings and other people think they're uh, the uh, shock troops of the reptilian aliens. 
I don't know if I should go further into either of those. So here's here's what I think about Bigfoot. I think about it a lot. <laughs> uh, more that now I used to read about Bigfoot a lot. I kind of actually what I was talking about with Keel before, where I kind of gave up on it because there's no um, there's no end to it. Um, there's no bit of lore that's gonna it, like I'm gonna read and go. Well, I'm convinced it's 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 real. Or I'm going to read something else and go, well, I'm not convinced it's not, you know, it, it's, there's, there's nothing to do about that. So Jane Goodall, the primatologist, said that the Pacific Northwest has plenty of space, environment, or whatever that could easily support. I'm very much putting this into my words. I didn't even want to finish that sentence. She said that it's possible that an unknown hominid could exist, or an unknown primate, it's probably her words, could exist in the Pacific Northwest, that there's plenty of space for it. Um... So right there, I feel like that's a that's a strong vote in in favor of 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 Mr. Hangman. Hold on one second. Oh boy, I'm drinking um, Omission Hard Seltzer. It's from Omission Brewery, and it's like a kind of a White Claw kind of style, and it's um, lime, but it tastes like it tastes like. It's got like a beer flavor to it, but with like, but seltzer on top. So it's like, it's not good um, at all. I, I regret buying it, but it was cheaper than White Claw. And truly, I'm a, I'm a truly girl, by the way. Oh, back to, back to Bigfoot. Okay. So yes, Bigfoot drinks hard seltzer to answer your question. No. Um, so... A primatologist thinking can exist is interesting, but the fact that we haven't found a body is troubling to me. The people argue that, like, you know, the the woods around here would break down a body so quickly that it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't we wouldn't find one. There's another theory that um, uh, that they are uh, an, an hominid, that they are clo- closer related to, you know, maybe maybe they're Australopithecus or uh, or like some kind of. Uh, you know, some kind of early uh, hominid ancestor that like broke off or whatever. So it's like pretty closely related to, um, to humans, to modern humans and that they have burial practices, which I know we see in, uh, pre homo sapiens sapiens. We found evidence that the Neanderthals and I think maybe even Denisovians and, and, and all sorts of like pre, uh, pre homo, uh, humans in quotes, uh, show signs of burial and if they bury their dead, that would be, you know, a whole different story because then, you know, we wouldn't find them. Um, the other side, of course, is that they just don't exist. And it's a tall tale. I, I read once. Oh, you know, I'm going to bring this up again because maybe uh, not that I have a huge audience anymore, but I maybe the audience has cycled enough that this will ring a bell in someone's head. I heard years ago that the term Sasquatch is like this mangled thing that it's actually, and I'm totally making this up and I apologize to any indigenous person that's listening, but like, just so you get the idea of what I'm coming across as. It's something like Sasquaha-cha. And cha is how they pronounce George, like King George. So it means hairy King Georges. So they basically meant white people with long hair. That it was just a mistranslation and it became like these kind of... uh, boogeyman tail, at least the term Sasquatch. There's other terms for kind of hairy, woodsy people, you know, men in the forest type things in, in, you know, First Nations, indigenous, whatever you want to, whatever the proper term is, uh, uh, Native American lore. But the Sasquatch thing I read once and I was like, oh, that's what an interesting thing. And 
I haven't found it since then, and I know I'm misremembering it, but it's something along those lines, because Googling that comes up with nothing. Um, but I'd be curious, so if anybody out there is listening, it, it knows what the hell I'm talking about. It's something vaguely like that, but I'd be really interested in it. So um, I have not had a Bigfoot experience. I, I've Every time I drive through the woods in Oregon, uh, I make it a point of every time I go around a corner, I go, and Bigfoot, and like hope I can see one. And it hasn't happened. Not every time. I'm, that would annoy the shit out of the person driving. Uh, anytime I'm driving in and kind of out of the way spot uh, in the state or, or in Washington, I'll try to take back roads, not back roads, but like not highway that like maybe I have a chance. So I'm very open to, to Bigfoot being real or that there's something that makes us think it's real, like a you know, like a genetic memory, some kind of uh, residual thing from back when we shared the planet with other hominids that, like, maybe we're, we're afraid of them. So we've got this, like, this passed down thought process of, like, the thing in the woods. Because um, there is, a, there's, like, lots of new evidence towards, like, genetic memory, um, like science evidence, not, like, bullshit evidence. Um, now, it's not working the way that I describe it. It would be interesting that if there is, like, this kind of archetype in our brain that like you know fears this kind of the wild man in the woods because that's that's old the wild man in the woods like um uh and kaidu from uh, the epic of gilgamesh is described as this hairy wild man in the woods which is you know a bigfoot creature if you think about it from the outside but um it also could be like the idea of the kind of the bestial side of of being human as represented by this outside and, you know, it becomes like this tall tale, you know, sitting around a fire talking about the you know, this thing in the woods and who knows the real. Like where I grew up, there was a thing called the New Jersey Devil, which is a quote unquote cryptid from the area. And it's it has a, like a horse face, it's got wings, it's got like devil hooves. Um, and uh, it's bullshit, but it's one of those things that you tell this story around the fire and it becomes you know bigger and bigger and bigger as the years go on. And I wonder if Bigfoot's like that. Um, or... It's an unknown hominid that wanders around, it, but it's it's so it's so. I, 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 there's two there's two kind of opposing thoughts in my head on, on this. Is that the fact that there's so many stories about this in all different parts of the country and parts of the world? I mean, like every like like I think all the continents that people live on have a story about this. Like Australia has the Yowie. There's the Yeren in Asia somewhere. Um, in America, we've got the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. Then we've got Skunk Ape down in Florida. Um, there's one in North Carolina too that I, I don't remember the name of. Um, there's a lot more, there's, uh, the, there's one in, like, malaysia e area that might be called the Orang Pendek. That's probably not right. But there's, there's, an, there's another, you know, unknown hominid kind of hairy man thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not, it, it's interesting that it shows up everywhere, but that also is evidence towards it not being real, is that it's just this you know, genetic memory, you know, this kind of archetypal thing. And this, you know, in the same way that maybe there was like, you know, that, that Ur story that was around that people repeated and repeated and it just kind of became one of the, like the myths that like early humans, like when we left Africa kind of told each other, you know, the, the, like the first stories were like, there's big flood and there used to be a hairy guy in the woods. So, like those are, the, those are the two stories we talked to each other about. And those are the ones that kind of, you know, filtered down to us. Uh, so no, I haven't had a Bigfoot experience. I want one. Oh, is it a ghost? Here's the other theory that I love that. Um, so in, in the, um, 
stone tape theory for ghosts that um, ghosts aren't any kind of sentience. It's not like a soul being left behind. What it is, is like a, an imprint left in the, in the area, like, um, like magnetic tape. And so they call it, you know, like a, like a cassette tape that you record the like audio of something that the stone tape theory is it records like the, the, the energy of a thing. And then you, it kind of replays itself in like, you know, traumatic times or, or, you know, kind of typical times if it's repeated enough. Uh, that that Bigfoot, what it is, and it, that's why it's remembered everywhere around the world. Around the world is an imprint of you know, uh, well, not Neanderthals because they were shorter than us, but like one of the other guys like us, so like Australopithecine uh, or something like that. Um, that they're kind of replaying the tape of back when there was another kind of us, and we're picking up on it because we've got like I don't know, you know, ghost ghost magnetic tape sensors in our head. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Ooh, ooh, I have more questions. Okay. Bookmonger at the T H E E underscore bookmonger, like fishmonger, but for books. Uh asks me, who would win in a fight? Bear versus shark. Um Well, uh Bear Gorillas versus Greg the Shark Norman. I think Bear Gorillas is a much younger man, and I think Greg Norman might be dead. I'm surprised I just pulled that guy's name, and I bet you that's not the right golfer. Uh, going back to the real question. In the water, shark. On land, bear. Now, let's get that out of the way. When when saltwater and freshwater meet, they call it being brackish. You're in brackish water, right? So I think we need to find what the brackish water is of bear versus shark. What is land enough for bear, water enough for shark? Kitty pool? Kitty pool. Bear versus shark in a kitty pool. Oof. Um, I'm going to go bear. Bear versus shark in a backyard round pool. Shark. So bear up until about the shark can be fully immersed in water, then shark starts to win. So, but I think in the liminal spaces, we're still giving it to Bear. I think Bear most of the way around. Um, back in the Old West days, uh, and here's another of Alex's famous misremembering things. Uh, there was a bunch of just rich, bored people on the West Coast of America. And um, they had the idea, well, who would win in a fight between a bear and a lion? So they shipped a fucking lion out. Not just a lion, like multiple lions out. And, and set up a fight between a bear and a lion. And the bear beat the shit out of the lion every single time. Because the bear's got, like, these teeth that just chomp like a motherfucker's claws were just... It just dominated the fucking thing. Like, there wasn't even a fight. To the point that, like, everybody was like, wow, we spent all this money, like, shipping a fucking lion out here? And, like, it got his ass handed to him. Um, bears are fucking no joke. Now, wait. I'm assuming we're talking, like, big grizzly bears. Because, like, if we're talking, like... Uh, like a koala. Well, that's not really a bear. That's a marsupial. Or like a like a panda. I mean, a shark could wreck a panda. I mean, there's very chance that even like even on land, I think a shark's pretty much going to take a panda. I mean, it's going to die anyway. But like, I think I think a shark's going to win. I think a shark could take out like a. Um, I can't think of any other bear types. I turns I don't know much about bears. What are the bears? There's Kodiaks. Those things are big. Grizzlies, browns. No, all those would wreck a shark. 
If there's any kind of like small, tiny, adorable bear, I think, you know, I'm voting for shark. Cause even on like, if you dropped a shark on land, like gently, but dropped a shark, I mean, that thing thrashing around could fuck you up. One would guess. I, I haven't fought a shark recently. I'll answer your follow-up question, which of course you're thinking right now, who would win in a fight, Alex versus shark? Um, I believe, and I've talked extensively about how I could beat the shit out of a dolphin, assuming I could get it on land, uh, how I, how I could plug up its blowhole and then just choke it to death. Um, We've talked extensively about it on this show years ago, which hopefully that episode isn't in the feed anymore. But for some reason, I thought it was funny to describe the animals I could beat the shit out of. I think, I mean, I could, on land, I could wreck. I mean, not a great white, but like a hammerhead, I'd fuck up a hammerhead. Um, like a whale shark, even though they're giant. I mean, you just stick and move. Like, you know, not even stick. You just run around until they like run out of breath. Um I mean, basking sharks. I mean, pretty much any kind of shark I'd fuck up real bad. Until we get to, like, kiddie pool. I mean, even in kiddie pool, I think I'm going to be struggling pretty hard. And then once we get into backyard pool, if anything my my seven-year-old self thought was true, uh, they're going to get me if I, if I close my eyes underwater. Um, also, slightly the same for being on the toilet. I had some issues when I was a kid. Um, how could I do against a bear? I think a panda, pandas show dominance by standing on their forepaws and peeing as high as they can against a tree. That shows how, how brilliant they are against other pandas. I think you could pee higher in a tree than a panda. I think I could put my boot through that adorable face. So I think I got a, I got a panda in a fight. Um, I mean, koalas, well, yeah, no, koalas, koalas have just gone through something pretty bad. So I just, I think I'd throw the fight against the koala just because... I mean, they, they're having a rough go of it right now. And then every other bear would, would, I mean, just, I'd be eviscerated really badly, like a lot. And, and I'm not someone like, I don't want to have like a low self-esteem about myself here, but like, um, yeah, bear would, I'd be in a lot of trouble in a fight with a bear. But to be fair, bears have claws and whatever, like, you know, their natural weapons. So if I was there with, let's say the human's natural weapon, um, sarcasm, I think I could make that bear feel real bad about itself. <laughs> I would just be like, fuck you, 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 you outdoor living piece of shit. Look at you with your, with your pieces of toilet paper stuck to your pink ass. Oh, those, those Charmin bears, uh, I could, I would dominate. I mean, one, they're two dimensional, mostly made out of paint and or digits. So I could, I could wreck paint in a fight. Don't even think I couldn't. Um, and anybody that gets, you know, TP stuck their butt in like a hilarious way, I, I feel like I can, I can, I can do it. So thank you for the fine question. Um, John, uh, my co-host from John and Alex Hate Stuff, available at johnandalexhatestuff.com and iTunes and every other podcatcher available. Uh, he wants to know um, the question that I went past. Uh, what do ye know of nautical magics, occult and cryptids of the briny deep? Uh, pretty much nothing. Uh, no, I, uh, here's something I read about the other day. This is not necessarily, well, it's sort of a cult. You know, on old tiny maps where you say, uh, here be dragons, uh, that wasn't real, which I mean, maybe everybody already knew this, but I mean, it wasn't real. Like the guy that did that didn't think there were actually like dragons there. It was just, they didn't know what was there and they didn't want to leave up like a big fucking open patch. So they just drew weird shit. It's like those medieval manuscripts where, like, the, the bored monk would draw themselves, like, fencing against a snail. 
Here Be Dragons is literally the same thing. It's just they got bored and just needed something to put there. Uh, cryptids of the Briny Deep. My favorite Briny Deep cryptids is... Well, um, they're off the coast of Japan. They're supposedly the, these hundred-foot-tall, like, um, flowing kind of white, vaguely humanoid. It almost looks like white ectoplasm in the old, like, 1800s, you know, those shitty, like, fake ectoplasm pictures. Like, these hundred-foot-tall, white, kind of vaguely humanoid things that float off the coast of Japan. And there's quote-unquote pictures of them, which might be my favorite. Um, other uh, deep water cryptids, uh, they're supposed to be in Russia, these, uh, like nine foot tall humanoid reptiles that like have like a civilization at the bottom of a lake somewhere. That's pretty cool. Any kind of Atlantean kind of thing. I used to be really into the Loch Ness Monster until I watched a special about the Loch Ness Monster and it fucked it up for me. So what they did was they studied the amount of nematodes at the bottom of the loch. And from that, you can figure out how many, like, small fish can feed on the nematodes to be uh, a small fish population. Which, knowing how many small fish you can have, you can figure out how many big fish you can have. And how many big fish you can have, you can do the math of how many plesiosaurs or large things could live in the loch. And there's not enough food to have uh, a breeding population in the loch, which is sad. And if anybody didn't know that before, you just heard me now. Sorry, just ruined it for you. Um... I had another question here somewhere. Oh, um, Alex Copper, a, at a copper, wants to know... Oh, John's uh, uh, Twitter is at JCM5000. JCM5000. The number of zeros is for John's social life. He's not going to listen to this, but I just called him a zero. Burn. Alex Copper, at a copper, wants to know, what's your first nightmare that you can remember? Um, the last nine years of this show, it's been one long nightmare. It's just a cry for help that no one, no one will respond. I just, I just scream and scream and, 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 and it's as if no voice is coming out. Somebody help me, please. I'm going to take a sip of this awesome beer drink. Oh God. This beer tastes like, um, this beer tastes like Jimmy Buffett. Now, I've never tasted Jimmy Buffett, but I feel like this is what Jimmy Buffett would taste like. Just lime and beer. It's like, it's like Corona, but like less beery. So it's, ugh. Anyway, um, I don't really have a good nightmare thing. I, growing up and still every now and again, have sleep paralysis episodes where I will wake up and can't move and try to scream. And I do, on multiple occasions, remember waking up and trying to scream and it coming out like, like just this, like, like tape played backwards, nothing works or, um, kind of thing. So that's, that's horrifying. You know, something being in the room with you. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't have good, like most of my nightmares are just like these kind of existential, like I'm really lonely and can't find anybody to talk to kind of things. Mostly they're just like a reflection of my life. Like I've. I'm kind of okay with, like, um, like if any demons are listening, I'm not actually inviting you in, but, like, I'm kind of okay with, like, demons and ghosties and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I'm freaked out by them a little bit, but, like, like, true horror stuff isn't, like, what I dream about. You know, my nightmares are, like, 
uh, you know, I'm having a panic attack and no one's around and I can't, you know, I can't call anybody or like my phone won't work and I can't, I can't text people. Um, I often will have zombie dreams, like, you know, the, the apocalypse is, the zombie apocalypse is starting and I'm not a, um, as much as I just described how I could beat up a panda earlier in the show, uh, I'm not a violent person. So like the whole, uh, I'd be kick ass in a zombie apocalypse thing doesn't really work. Like I'd probably get killed pretty quickly. Cause like, I'd feel really reticent to like kill any of them. Cause I would think they're like still people and then they'd eat my face. Um, and even, even if I was like 100%, you know, proven that, uh, that they are like the undead and they're pure evil and you should kill them. I'd still be really awkward about it. So I, I, I'd, I'd real, I'd die a lot in, in, in zombie apocalypse. So, um, why was I talking about that? Oh yeah. Nightmares. Um, so yeah, I dream, I have zombie nightmares fairly frequently, but it's never like fun ones that everybody else seems to have where they talk about, you know, they like, they imagine how cool they would be in a zombie apocalypse. I just like, you know, cry in my basement. Oh, you know what I used to, oh no, I actually have an answer now that, it, now that the basement thing reminded me, um, I used to dream about being buried alive a lot. Like I'm, I'm pretty claustrophobic. I'm not, I'm not claustrophobic. I'm, I wonder if there's a better term, a more specific, uh, specific term for this. I'm, um, bound phobic. So like, um, I, I don't care about elevators. It literally wouldn't even occur to be claustrophobic in there. Um, it's not being able to move my arms. So like, if like, you know, there's like people that go spelunking and have to like crawl through like a little, like, small little opening to get to like out of the other side and you have to like really squeeze your body through that's that's the worst for me i can't imagine anything worse other than being buried alive like being in a coffin and not being able to move your arms like this maybe it's having two older brothers and being pinned down enough or you know maybe i'm repressing a memory i don't really want to talk about on air <laughs> um hi uncle but uh that's ooh, that was gross sorry i take that back um but yeah, no, I've got like a like a, a restricted motion uh, claustrophobia thing. So like a subset of claustrophobia. So I used to dream about being buried alive like a lot and like not being able to and, and you know, picturing the air running out and freaking the fuck out and like how, how powerless you are. And ugh, yeah, I used to dream about that a lot. And I remember having a dream when I was little that the, the entire house was made of spaghetti. That, it wasn't so much a nightmare. Like, spaghetti's fine. I'm, I'm kind of low carb these days, but like, you know, I like spaghetti. You know, I'm not a monster. Other than the fact that I just admitted to kicking pandas in the face. I didn't actually do it, though, so it all works out. Um, that's all the questions I have here. Let me tell you this. I'm doing a comic book with Eric Millar, uh, who's been on the show before. Uh, he's the Disruption Generator guy. We have the first issue done, and it looks rad. You guys can't see it yet. I keep saying guys. I want to fucking change that. Sorry. I'm, a, there's no, I'm not apologizing to anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for myself for not... for being so reliant on a phrase I no longer want to use. Um, so this is, so uh, years ago I used to use, um, I felt awkward using the term libtard before because uh, it's using tard from retarded, which is a word that I used to use um, until someone explained to me, like that's wrong to use and they gave me a good reasoning behind it. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I just thought like, oh, that's just a term you use and it's, you know, I don't do it anymore. And I'm going through that right now with like, you know, using, you know, gender turns for like groups where it's like, yeah, let's find it. This isn't too hard. Let's, let's just do it. So, you know, apologies to, um, uh, apologies for my over apologizing. Uh, uh, I'm not apologizing if I offended anybody, if you're offended, that's your fault. Uh, sorry, you're going to have to learn that it's, it's on you. If you're offended by somebody, it's words, deal with it. But it's also on me to try to be a 
decent human being. Eric Millar and I doing a comic book. It's out. Uh, it's done, but it's not out. Um, if you're interested in it, I don't know what I'm going with. I just want to tell you guys about it. I don't know. That's it. It's it's a, it's going to be available soon. We're going to wait until the second issue is completely finished, and then we're going to put it uh, the first one out. So um, keep an eye out for that uh, on our Instagrams. Eric is out at Outlet Press, O-U-T-L-E-T-P-R-E-S-S, I hope. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I'm at Alex Bolin on Instagram, but... You know, um, I, I'm at the Alex Cast on Twitter, uh, Alex Cast on on Facebook, but uh, yeah, I don't know. If you want to, re- yeah, I guess I just want to tell you guys about it. Get get excited. Uh, if you know people that are into comic books, uh, oh, just say comic books, really East Coast comic books. You know any comic books? Ooh, that was like Chicago. That was in the East Coast. I don't know where the fuck that came from. But anyway, um, if you know any comic book people, you are one. Maybe um, you know, start sneaking the word out. It's called. Uh, Worms edition, uh, W-Y-R-M-S edition. Uh, it's, um, without giving too much away, it's kind of a, a fun occult comic. It's kind of a, yeah, just lighthearted, uh, like uh, The Tick, but with a cult. I mean, that's not true. A tick's probably going for a little more broad comedy, but that sort of thing. Uh, it takes place in a uh, fiction version of Portland and a neighborhood called Worms edition. So... Yeah, I mean, do that. Start start spreading the word, maybe? I don't know. What what do you do about it? I've never done a comic before. I don't know what the fuck I do. I, we're going to print some, and I guess maybe if you want a copy, like... Oh, that's what we can do. Okay, here, here. If you want a copy, go to alexbolan.com. Uh, A-L-E-X-X-B-O-L-L-E-N.com. I have a MailChimp thing. It's like a mailing list. When the first issue comes out, I'm going to use that mailing list. I like never. I've, I've sent one thing out, and it was literally when uh, the Terravada machine came out. I sent out an email, so I'm not going to bother you guys about it if you sign up. But sign up there, and you'll get a, a notification saying it's out and with instructions on how to buy it. Because the first issues, we're doing this, like, guerrilla style. Um, so you're not going to, like, I don't think we're going to have it on, like, any kind of websites other than just you have to email us and we'll, like, you know, PayPal or something and we'll send it to you. So, yeah, sign up for my email thing, and you'll be in touch, and it'll be awesome. And sign up anyway, because, I mean, I'm literally, it's going to be, you'll probably get two emails a year. So I'm not, I'm not going to bother you, but it'd be good. Cause then you keep in touch and you find out about that stuff. Uh, once we have a few issues, we're planning on putting out like a collection of them. So we could be at Amazon and look like fancy motherfuckers. So worms edition coming soon to a place you read comics near you. Um, I haven't said this, this show sucks yet. So, uh, boy, this episode sucks. Why do I keep doing this show? Okay, good. Got that off the list. Um, I've probably said a few things I regret. All right. So got that off the list. Um, I haven't complained about not having a girlfriend yet. I'll, I'll save that for the next solo show. Okay. I think I did pretty much all the things I have to do on a solo show. I have been Alex. You have been an audience of some, some amount. Um, and not some amount. That was weird. I kind of trailed that way there. Get in touch. Just say hi if you listen to the show because I haven't talked to listeners in a while and I feel like no one listens because I don't put the show out like fucking ever until Eric feels like talking to me. I have to buy, I have to buy a new Nintendo game so Eric will come over and play. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So I've been Alex. You've been in the audience. Uh, get in touch. Say hi. Uh, you know, kiss your mom. She she misses you. Uh, you know, or, or, or parent of some kind. You know, kiss your, kiss your dog, your cat. 
if you have a cat, tell your cat I said hi, because I want a cat, and uh, I'm too afraid to get one because I've I've I have issues. So you know, like like your cat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Alex, what are you doing? Okay, bye.